and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. And you've dialed up the Pac-Man Podcast, patriotic American citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. I want to talk about, well, two things. I want to hit on uh, the Jason Aldean saga, and we'll touch a little bit on this new Barbie movie that the, the liberals are saying that we're having this meltdown. Male conservatives are having a meltdown over the new Barbie film. And Ted Cruz is being singled out for condemnation by the left and a few other things and a few other people. We'll, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. I want to start with uh, Jason Aldean. I don't know his music. I don't listen to country music, uh, today's country. I grew up listening to uh, country western. My father loved country western. Charlie Daniels, Johnny Cash, Farron Young, and uh, Hank Williams Sr., Georgie Jones and the Jones Boys. You get the idea. But today's country is kind of like country pop. So I don't listen to it. But Jason Aldean has caused a stir because his music video, in which he praises small towns in America, features, I guess, a number of clips of protests outside of the U.S., including Canada and in the Ukraine. This according to some TikTok people. They've uncovered this. They've investigated. If only they would investigate Joe Biden as closely as they investigate, you know, Jason Aldean or investigate Hunter Biden. So this uh, this song by Aldine, try that in a small town. I, I you know I love the concept. He is saying basically in that video, and he likes President Trump. By the way, that's probably his gravest sin in the left's eyes. But it depicts images of people burning American flags and police confrontations with protesters during the uh, the Black Lives Matter protests a few years back, and he sings about protesters spitting at police. And he rails against criminals, carjackers, you know, carjacking an old lady at a red light. And that's all he, I think, meant to say. Look, you can that stuff may fly in Chicago or Los Angeles or Memphis or Detroit, but it's not going to fly in a small town. And it wouldn't fly in my small town, I guarantee you. You wouldn't see old women getting punched in the face in, in the town in which I live. They may punch one woman, but they wouldn't live to punch another. That's all he's saying. It's not going to fly in small-town America, what's happening in the large cities. You don't see all these migrants being shipped to uh, Appalachia, do you? No, they're they're being shipped to New York City, Los Angeles, and and eventually the big cities are dishing these people off to smaller towns and villages. We have an issue in Rotterdam, New York, which is about an hour from me. A bunch of migrants were uh, shipped up here, and hundreds of them. They have 99 rooms in which to stay. And some of the people who were staying at these these uh, hotel or motels were, were kicked out in favor of the illegals. It's unbelievable what's happening. And I think that's what Aldean was railing against. I mean, how can anybody, and well, I, how can anybody in the flyover states be against what, what the message is here? Just play by the rules like most Americans. If you live in a small town, you have small town values, you watch out for each other. Crime is very, very low or non-existent in most small towns across America. There is a divide. We know there's a divide here. Now, the left is trying to make it about race, as they always do. Some of it may be about race, but there is an uh, urban-rural divide. That's probably the biggest divide in America. Rural red states with more urban blue states. You know, you got California, you got New York City and in, in New York State here. We have uh, cities across the eastern seaboard. Th- those are blue areas. People live the high population areas, tend to be Democratic. 
and the flyover states, the less populated areas, tend to be uh, red states. People live where they want to live, where they're accepted. And they want to live in a town that represents their values. I just uh, got a call from somebody who told me about this Rotterdam situation. And uh, I forget the exact numbers, but there are more migrants than there are places for them to stay. And the people who uh, ran these facilities, they kicked out the uh, people who are already living there. And a lot of them maybe were on welfare, I'm not sure, but they're still American citizens. These people who have taken up residence in these in these rooms are not citizens. That's the issue. And, you know, the government, the federal government is dangling big money in front of these hotels and motels, trying to lure them into taking these migrants. Take them and you get big money. That's why it's become a problem. And people are ticked. You just can't accept this. At some point, we just have to say, you know, we're not going to accept this. No, you can't bring migrants into our town. We pay the taxes. We pay your salaries. They should say that they're uh, town employees and they're town leaders. We don't want them here. Nothing against the people individually. They're not bad people. They're looking for a better life here in America. But you have to do it the way hundreds and thousands and millions of people did it before you. You have to go through the legal process. It is cumbersome. It's it's a, a lengthy process, but you have to do it. And of course, the federal government's job is to make sure they do it. But there is no border. There is no southern border. And if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And that's what the globalists and the Democratic Party and the Marxists in the party, that's what they want. They want to break down national sovereignty. And we can't let them do it. And this kind of goes back to Jason Aldean's, <laughs> back to that, th- that video. He's saying, basically, not in my town, you don't. It's not happening. He claims that the, all the video clips in that in that uh, video are, are real news footage. Whether they're from America, what's the difference? And, you know, the, I read a column that said uh, that it was ripping Aldine's uh, video, saying it's a pro-gun, ultra-nationalist anthem. Like, that's something wrong with being nationalist or being pro-gun. I'm pro-Second Amendment. I love my nation. I guess also that the, uh, the it was filmed, the video at a courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, where a black man named Henry Choate was lynched in 1927. I have not verified that. It's, it's a number one song on the Billboard country charts, by the way. I think it's number one in I, on the iTunes chart. You don't think there's a silent majority? Jason Aldean's song at top of the charts, number one on iTunes. Sound of Freedom, the anti-human trafficking movie from uh, Jim Caviezel, Mel Gibson. That's, I think, third this this week at the box office. And Bud Light is tanked. Like hundreds of millions of dollars Budweiser has lost because of the homosexual they put on their ad campaign. So you don't think there's a silent majority? Americans are speaking, speaking loudly and clearly. And this is all part of it. There is a cultural divide in this country, and it kind of leads me into the second topic I wanted to discuss, this uh, this new movie, Barbie. I mean, it's, it's a movie... You know, for young girls, teenage girls. My my daughters went to see it, and my oldest daughter, Madeline, who's does a, a talk show here, does a podcast, I should say, on the BMG network called The Essentials. She is very sensitive to any political messages in movies. Uh, she gets that from me. I mean, she's very attuned to what's happening, and she catches all the subtle and some not so subtle political messages in some of these movies. She, she said this movie is trashes white males. I have not seen it, so I can't comment totally on it. But a couple of uh, clowns on MSNBC, I can't even pronounce their names, Mehdi Hassan 
and Ayman Mohelden were mocking the male conservative meltdown over the new Barbie film. And they went after Ted Cruz and, and they wanted to know what and they want to know what's happened to the conservative movement. There was a time they wrote when conservatives had substantive things to say about taxes, regulation, defense, foreign policy. Now, this Hassan said, it's Barbie, it's Dr. Seuss, it's Bud Light, it's Mr. Potato Head, the skin color of the Little Mermaid. It's ridiculous. It's childish. It's pretty pathetic, actually. No, it's not pathetic, comrade. Those issues are just part of the larger cultural divide that is splitting apart this nation. It's not just about a stupid Barbie movie. It's about taking particular aim at white males, which Barbie does. They take pains to just make the male characters, especially the white male characters, look silly. You know, these little uh, these little metrosexuals, I don't know that to be true, but I mean, I can imagine they are, at MSNBC can say that, you know, that uh, conservatives are saying, well, you know, it's just the left trying to brainwash the masses. Hollywood has been in the brainwashing business for a long, long time. It is a haven for leftists and Satanists and pedophiles and every other kind of moral degenerate of which one can think. I mean, it is a cesspool. It is anti-American, Hollywood anti-capitalist, anti-everything that is good and just and morally upright. That's Hollywood. I've not seen the movie. I probably should before I comment further on it, but I take my daughter Madeline's word for it. She she was disappointed. There's just a lot made about the, the movie, and the opening was last weekend, and the girls went to see it. There were just tons of people there pouring their money, their parents' money probably, through the windows to see this crap. Speaking of money and being it poured through the windows, uh, IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler, testifying before the House Oversight and Accountability Committee last week, agreed about $17 million from foreign income streams have poured into the Biden family accounts. And Scott Perry, a member of the, uh, the committee, the Oversight Committee, told Newsmax this past weekend he wants to know what was the money for? What are they getting for $17 million? He's a Pennsylvania Republican. He was on Newsmax's Wake Up America. We all know that Hunter Biden didn't really have a job. We do know that Joe Biden has a job and had a job at the time. He was vice president. And the implication, of course, is that they were paying for access and to change policy. The owner of the natural gas company, by the way, Barisma Holdings, has made claims, this guy... Mikola Zlokevsky, he told an FBI informant in 2016 that it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to another Biden. That's according to a redacted FD-1023 form. That's according to Perry. It fits a pattern. The Oversight Committee is looking into the Bidens. What's going to come from it? Hopefully, Joe Biden gets impeached and run out of office, but it's not going to happen. Maybe they'll charge, you know, go after a hunter for some lesser crime, something lesser than money laundering. You now, the gun issues and the in the videos, the obscene videos on the computer, the laptop. I mean, there's so much with to, with which they could charge him. They haven't charged him yet, to my knowledge. And the FBI, how, how deeply is the FBI and the Justice Department going to look, a look into this? Not very, is my guess. Not very. And they accuse Trump 
and Trump's allies, are, uh, you know, the, the, Trump's increasing presidential power if he gets elected. He's going to expand executive authority in 2025, and they're all worried about that. Trump says he wants to strip employment protections from the tens of thousands of career civil servants. And he wants to make it easier to get rid of them if there are obstacles to his agenda. And he should have that authority. Every president should. But these civil servants, I know I'm skipping around here. I'm trying to get everything in in 15 minutes. But these people are in the federal government for 35, 40 years. They're they're lifers. You get a conservative president in there and he can't get his agenda through because this, this, uh, and this is really what the deep state is, a bunch of, uh, it's nothing sinister, I I don't believe. It's just a bunch of career uh, federal bureaucrats who are, most of them are Democrats, and they're afraid that they're going to get their little fiefdoms upset. And Trump is is somebody who is a change agent, and they're going to fight any kind of change. So Trump wants to get rid of them. He wants to make it easier for not just him, but every president after him to get rid of people who would thwart the president's agenda. And he's going to go through the intelligence agencies as well, the State Department, the defense bureaucracies, and remove officials he wants to remove. He calls them, it's a sick political class, and they hate our country. That's what, in so many words, is what Trump said. And he's right. There is an element in our federal government, and certainly in our state governments, that do not like America. I see it here in the New York State Legislature, these downstate Democrats. Some of them are outright socialists. And we have them in the federal government as well. And Trump wants to jettison these people. They're bad for the country. They're not just bad for his agenda. His agenda will will, will help America as it helped America in 2016 through 2020. We were a better country, stronger, more prosperous. Gasoline was almost half of what it is now. It's creeping up, have you noticed? It's up about 380, 389, I guess. In most places here in upstate New York, over $4 a gallon, I'm sure, down in the city. But that's, uh, that's the scoop. I just can't believe what's happening here to this country. I mean, the Bidens are at the center of it, but th- these Bidens are crooked. And it shouldn't be any surprise. Joe Biden has been a lying, four-flushing, a feckless politician since he's been in the Senate since the 1970s. Nothing's changed. All right, that's going to do it to it. Thank you very much for tuning us in. If you want to get in touch with me directly, you can email me, pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase, and we'll get back to you. And don't forget all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. This program, Pac-Man, with me, Ted Flint. We have The Essentials with my daughter, Maddie Flint. Uh, Adrian Ross has a show, which uh, she's going to put up there this week at some point. And uh, some other fine programming, too. Just check it out, the bmgnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.